0: Is Alex Cora on the chopping block? Tune in to today's episode of Locked on Red Sox, where we dissect what potentially could change within the Red Sox coaching staff and front office as we head into the 2024 offseason. You are Locked on Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Red Sox, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gabby Hurlbut, former ESPN social media associate and current host of the Boston Balling Podcast, here to bring you the latest in all things Boston Red Sox, Monday through Friday, straight to your favorite podcast feed for free. And speaking of free, SiriusXM has you covered for all things Boston Red Sox broadcasts wise, just download the Sirius XM app and search Red Sox and you don't have to miss a pitch of any Red Sox game as they will have you covered with the home broadcast of all of those games. Thank you for making Lockdown Red Sox your first listen of every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's j-a-s-e-medical.com. Do the Red Sox have the record at this point for most rainouts in a single season? I mean, I swear, the number of times that the Red Sox have had to either delay the start of games, wait in the middle of games, or just postpone a game altogether this season due to the weather has been unbelievable. I mean, this team might not make the playoffs this year, but they can at least walk away from this season saying they might have set a pretty cool record for most rainouts in a season. They did lose the first two games of the series against the Yankees in a doubleheader sweep fashion on Tuesday. So the fact that they have a doubleheader again today against that same Yankees team Doesn't make me feel all that confident that Boston can pull off a win here. I mean, it's sad to say, but are they just going to drop both games again of the doubleheader? I'm really inclined to think not, but this team's been so unpredictable lately that you never really know. It's so hard to say what they're going to give you on a given basis. So I'm not overly confident that They can pull out a win, but let's hope they can. Prove me wrong and win both games today, Red Sox. For the sake of my sanity and everybody else in Red Sox Nation's sanity, just win both of these games. Please, please, I am begging you. But I talk about inconsistency and what this team has done this year, and who's really to blame for all of that? Who is on the chopping block? Is it Alex Cora? Is it Haim Bloom? Is it Pete Fatsy, the hitting coach? Is it Dave Bush, the pitching coach? Is it anybody else on the coaching staff? Is there a specific person that you point to that you feel should be on the chopping block when it comes to this offseason for the Red Sox? And I've had this conversation with people before, and I'm going to say it again. I do not blame Alex Cora for the problems that the Boston Red Sox are having. And I'm about to tell you why that is. Alex Cora is the manager of the baseball team. He makes the lineup, he makes the pitching changes mid-game, makes in-game decisions, makes decisions on who can come in and pinch hit in a game or come in to play in the field for a defensive change. He manages the operations of the in-game to in-game process. That being said, Does Alex Cora make the roster? No. Does Alex Cora work directly with the hitters and the pitchers? No. He has other coaches to do that. Is Alex Cora around the team every day and know the players a lot more than the fans do? Yes. So when people come and say Alex Cora doesn't know how to manage this baseball team because he misuses pitchers in different situations, I say Could you do better? Could you do a better job of managing this baseball team than Alex Cora can? And the majority of the time, people don't say anything to that because the reality of the situation is they cannot. Alex Cora is very knowledgeable about the game of baseball, and if you look at the Red Sox roster construction this year and the fact that their pitchers have been unable to go through five innings for a good portion of the season – Whose fault is that? It's not Alex Cora's fault that the starting pitchers seem to have an inability to go deep into games. That, for one, is the player's fault. At some point, you need to look at the players, and they need to take accountability for that. And for two, maybe you look at the pitching coach. Is Dave Bush not doing enough to elevate the pitchers that he have has on this pitching staff? Is he not doing enough to really make people maximize their potential on the mound. I truly am questioning that. I think if the Red Sox are going to make some offseason changes when it comes to the coaching personnel, I think you look at Dave Bush as an option and say, hey, this pitching staff did not perform up to expectations this season. We have some talented arms on this roster, but what can we do to really make it so they can elevate themselves to the point where they can maximize their talent and truly be at the level that they feel they can be at. So I'm looking at Dave Bush and saying, Hey, this guy might not be the man for the job to really work with the pitchers to the point where the Red Sox have a competitive pitching staff on that same note, time bloom puts the roster together. I want to give him one more off season to see if he'll really go out and spend money on big pitching. He needs an ace-caliber pitcher, and I believe one or two other arms to go into the rotation to really make this a true, reliable pitching staff. And the rotation, you know, as is, if you take out James Paxton and you take out Chris Sale and you have Bayo Houck, And Crawford, presumably, as your starters next year, those are solid. If you can slot in another two, you know, pitchers into that starting rotation, hopefully, you can have a staff that can work their way through innings. Now, I am not overly convinced that Crawford and Halke will be able to develop the length. I've been saying this for a very long time now, and they need to do a lot more in their development process for people to really feel confident with them on the mound to be able to give you length. But the Red Sox need length out of their starters and the relievers. They need to add a couple more relievers, and that is on Heimbloom. Like I said, Alex Cora doesn't build the roster and build the pitchers that he has to work with. So this is why I'm quick to defend Alex Cora more so than other people on the pitching staff, because at the end of the day, the manager – is so much less influential to the results than people make it out to be. If you want to go and blame people for this team, you have to start with the players and you have to look at the other personnel who have more of that sense of control over who is on this team or not. Ultimately, at the end of the day, the results on the field are a product of the talent on the roster. And Alex Cora is doing the best he can with the talent that he has on the roster. Has he made some questionable decisions this season that have backfired? Sure, but that's only human. That's only being an MLB manager. You can't sit here and tell me you've never made a mistake in your job. It doesn't happen. We all make mistakes in our job, and Alex Cora is going to make mistakes in his like anybody else, but I can almost guarantee it. And I'd be willing to bet a good portion of my bank account that you can stick another manager in there instead of Alex Cora, and they would produce the same results. The manager at the end of the day makes the day-to-day lineup, makes sure players are healthy enough to go out there and perform, and makes sure the clubhouse overall has a good vibe. But at the end of the day, the manager is so much less impactful on the results than I would argue they are in other sports. In football or basketball or even hockey, the coach during the game really does make a lot more decisions that could be crucial to how that team performs. In baseball, it's really not like that. So when you want to look at somebody to blame for what's going on with the Red Sox this year, it needs to start with the people who create the roster and the pitching and hitting coaches who are working with these players directly on a day-to-day basis to improve the game. Are they elevating them enough? So to answer the roundabout question, who is on the chopping block going into this off season? I think it's worth looking into and evaluating some people. I think Heim Bloom should be here to stay for another year, really see what he can do this off season. But as far as the coaching personnel goes, look at the pitching coach, look at the hitting coach, and see if it's worth investing in new people to bring in to help with the talent. But Alex Cora, to me, Should be here to stay. Coming up, I'm going to be giving updates on a couple prospects. It's very exciting that the Red Sox have prospects in their system who have serious potential to come up and make some noise at the major league level. So I'm going to be touching on that next. Are you ever looking for car parts that are the right fit for you? Head to eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebay.com motors. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. eBay Motors is an absolute lifesaver, and this is coming from somebody who doesn't know a lot about cars in general. So I truly don't know what I would do without them. So head to eBay Motors. They will hook you up with all the car parts you need. I've talked a lot about this on the show before, but the Red Sox minor league system is talented. They are deep, There are a lot of players in that system that can come up and make a difference to this Red Sox team. The Red Sox minor league system is deep. And when you think about players who are homegrown and have developed through the Red Sox system and have become successful, you can find solace in the fact that the Red Sox have more players like that who could potentially be like that. And one of my favorite players of all time is Dustin Pedroia. And You think about the fact that he spent his entire career in Boston and people watched him work his way through the Red Sox system. And then when he did come up, he was able to just produce MVP caliber numbers. And I truly believe he could have been a hall of famer if his career didn't have the unfortunate ending that it did. But think about Dustin Pedroia and how much of an impact he made on this Red Sox team. And then you can understand how much of an impact some of these prospects could potentially make when they come up. One of those prospects in particular is catching prospect Kyle Teal, who the Red Sox drafted in this past draft 2023 um, out of Virginia. He's a catcher. And with catchers, when they get drafted, they don't always end up staying catchers. Kyle Schwarber is an example. Bryce Harper is an example. You have players out there who start off as catchers, but don't necessarily stick with being a catcher. Kyle Teal, to me, will stick as a catcher. He's shown nothing but poise and athleticism behind the dish, and he's known forever that he wanted to be a professional baseball player. He said that when he was in fourth grade, he did a career program in class, and he said then that he wanted to be a professional baseball player. And since then, he's done it. He's stuck with it and he's pursued his dream. And it's paying off for him. He's absolutely zoomed through the Red Sox system so far. He started his pro career in the Florida Complex League, um, which is basically like the lowest level. Like, this is where they bring players to start to develop them, figure out what level of the minors they should be at, type of thing. He only spent three games there and then the Red Sox decided that he should skip low A altogether and go straight to high A Greenville, which for those of you who don't know, skipping a level in the minors is a pretty big deal. A lot of times they like to see players go through every level to make sure they're not rushing their development process or that they're not missing key steps in their development. You need to be a very, very talented player to skip a level. And the team needs to feel so confident in allowing you to skip that level. So with Kyle Teal, the Red Sox feel like he was good enough to skip low A and went straight to high A Greenville. Didn't take much for him to move up again. He spent a few months in high A and was doing really well to the point where he earned a promotion to double A already on September 5th after spending only 14 games in with Greenville. I mean, this kid is moving through the system so quickly, and a lot of times they'll handle the college um, draftees a little bit differently than the kids they draft out of high school. Their window is a little bit shorter for being able to elevate their game, but this kid is still moving very quickly through the system. The fact that he's already at Double A makes you have to really start to have the conversation about the Red Sox catching situation moving forward. Is Connor Wong going to be a catcher of the future? He's been a big story for Boston this year. He's a great defensive catcher. His hitting has improved, has struggled a little bit as of late, but his hitting overall has improved this year from what we've seen, and I think that's due in large part to the fact that Reese McGuire was injured for a portion of the season and he took on a huge and heavy workload during that time, more so than catchers normally would have to take on. So I credit a lot of his growth to that, but you have to start to, you know, ask yourself, do you get rid of Reese McGuire? Is Connor Wong going to be the backup catcher? Once Kyle Teal comes up, is Connor Wong going to be your number one with Kyle Teal as the number two? And Reese McGuire, I mean, I nag on the guy a lot because I'm not really a fan of him, but he's a decent backup catcher. I mean, he'll get that big hit every once in a while. His defense is decent, but he's mediocre. Like very, very average to slightly below average. I don't see him as an essential catcher moving forward that you need to keep on the roster. I think he's a placeholder until Teal comes up. And then it's a matter of okay, who do we get rid of? Do we trust Wong enough still to be our catcher? Because Teal, it's likely that he could see some playing time in the majors as early as next season. He's absolutely killing it. Just last week, you know, moved up to Double A. So we'll be it will be interesting to kind of see how he does in Double A. I'll be monitoring his progress. He's seven for twenty with one double, six RBIs, and six walks in six games for the Sea Dogs. He's batting three seventy five with a four ninety five on base percentage and four seventy five slugging. He also has one home run, five doubles, seventeen RBIs, thirteen runs, nineteen walks, nineteen strikeouts, and three steals over twenty three games between Florida Complex League, Greenville, and Portland. So basically, in so many words, he's seven for 20 with just the Sea Dogs alone. But those other numbers that I rattled off, batting 374 with, with a 495 on base percentage, plus the five doubles and 17 RBIs, those are all combined from the teams that he's played on this year. Those are very good numbers. He's showing that he's a catcher that can actually hit. And do you know how hard it is to come by? having a catcher that can actually hit. Not a lot of catchers can do that and do it consistently because when you have a catcher, they typically do prioritize their defense. They'd rather have a catcher who's good at defense over offense. But the fact that he can hit makes him even better. So he's a prospect to watch out for because there's a good chance that he could zoom through double-A and maybe possibly even start the season in AAA next year, depending on how these next few weeks of the season go. And I would not be surprised if he gets his opportunity in the majors next year. And I'm very excited because there's a lot he can do. Another prospect that's playing well at the moment is Roman Anthony. He's an outfield prospect, top five Red Sox prospect. Earlier today in the game, he... Saw 24 pitches over four at-bats, going one for two with two doubles, two walks, and one strikeout. He is showing that he has the ability to drive to all fields in Greenville, um, and that has carried over into his time in Portland. So he basically was in high-A Greenville for a while and then recently moved up to double-A, Similar situation to Teal, but a little bit different timeline. And he's a highly anticipated Red Sox outfield prospect. So from an offensive standpoint, he's showing that he has the ability to hit to all parts of the ballpark, which is great at a place like Fenway. He can seriously take advantage of that. And um, also, he's shown very impressive defense in center field in Portland, um, which is going to be so important because it's not easy to play the outfield. At Fenway as you very well know so the fact that he's showing the ability to play solid defense right now in double-a and is utilizing all parts of the baseball field is promising for a young talent in the Red Sox organization this again goes back to a conversation of what do the Red Sox do about the outfield situation I've touched on it but when you have Alex Verdugo Masataka Yoshida Adam Duvall Jaron Duran um will your you and I'll even throw Sedani Rafaela in there because he's been playing a lot more of the outfield lately. That's a lot of outfield depth. Um whether Anthony will be ready as soon as teal, I'm not convinced to come up, but eventually the outfield situation if you incorporate him is going to have to be addressed. So it makes you wonder how do the Red Sox handle that situation in the outfield? I do expect somebody to move this up, be moved this offseason. I think they can package Alex Verdugo or Adam Duvall, maybe both, for some good pitching. Um, and then they go with the rest of those outfielders that I mentioned earlier. Um, but Roman Anthony's development is definitely promising. You know, do you eventually move Jaron Duran if he continues to play as well as he is? Um, if you do have a breu and um, eventually Anthony in that outfield. So a lot of questions to be asked, but some young studs in this Red Sox system that we could absolutely be excited about. Coming up, I'm going to be talking about Kenley Jansen. The Red Sox did release an update on him on Wednesday, so I'm going to be touching on that next. Modern medical care and treatment are important, but our global supply chains are fragile. Things like pandemics, natural disasters, and foreign travel may cut you off from the treatment you need. Jace Medical is your solution. Just fill out their online form and you can use one of Jace Medical's board-certified physicians. will review it to determine whether medications are safe and appropriate. Then Jace will send your prescriptions to one of their partner pharmacies where your order will be filled and mailed directly to your home. So convenient, right? You can also send your physician a message for answers to treatment-related questions anytime. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace Case. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional $20 off by using my code LOCKDOWN at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's j a s e medical.com. I'm telling you, lots of perks with Jace Medical, so you'd be silly not to check it out. Also, don't forget that SiriusXM does have you covered for all Red Sox home broadcasts. Just search the SiriusXM app in the App Store and download it and then go into the app and search Red Sox, and you can listen to all the Red Sox home broadcasts for free for every game so you don't have to miss a single pitch of Red Sox baseball. When they're good in 2024 and they're a playoff team, you're definitely not going to want to miss those games. So check that out, SiriusXM app and search Red Sox. So on Wednesday, Kenley Jansen was placed on the COVID-19 list. He did exit Tuesday's night game after an incredibly short stint on the mound. Um, And the Red Sox basically said he was pulled due to fatigue and sickness-like symptoms. And I remember saying to my fiance when the game ended, do you think he has COVID? And he was like, no way, definitely not. I think they're just saying that you know and i think they're just saying he wasn't feeling well but in reality he wasn't pitching anymore because he wasn't pitching well and i said no just watch and then sure enough on wednesday the news came out that kenley jansen is on the COVID 19 list speaking of which please do what you can to stay healthy COVID is unfortunately going around again so if you're around people a lot whether that's for your job or socially or just in general, just keep yourself healthy. But so Kenley Jansen is now on the COVID list. He currently has a 363 earned run average with a three and six record. He has not been fantastic this season, but for the most part, he's been nailing it down and getting the job done. Currently, he, you know, is at that 363 ERA. Um, but His earned run average overall throughout the season has been around that mark of 350. He was, for a stretch in May, pitching very well. There was a stretch between April 25th and May 12th where he was pitching around a 112 earned run average, Um, and it was very fun to watch, a 104 earned run average on April 29th. He was absolute nails for a while and then kind of jumped back up um, throughout the rest of the season. He hasn't been the best reliever that the Red Sox have had in um, their bullpen, but he, for the most part, gets the job done. He's gotten a lot of traffic on the bases. He's walked quite a few batters, but when he has done that, he's been able to get out of that traffic. He has 17 total walks on the season. Um... And when he comes in in non safe situations, it always makes me really nervous because he looks shaky when he's out there in non safe situations. So that always makes me nervous, but he manages to get the job done even when he gets runners on base, and that's, I guess, why he's a Hall of Famer, right? So Kenley's on the COVID list. Obviously, it won't be expected to miss that much time due to that, but the corresponding roster move was the Red Sox brought back up our friend Brandon Walter, He has made so many appearances this season, has a 720 earned run average. He's pitched in eight games so far. And he's really been that guy who's just been bounced around, down to AAA, up to the majors, down to AAA, up to the majors. And it's been this pattern with him because he seems to be the go-to when somebody gets injured or there's a pitcher who can't pitch out of the bullpen. So it's interesting to me because I didn't, really know how much the Red Sox trusted him, but it seems like they want to get him those reps. He needs a lot of work still. He's still really trying to find his stride and develop. Um, the thing about him that kind of, you know makes me nervous a little bit is that inconsistency of he'll have a couple really good outings and then he'll, he'll look like an absolute mess. On the mound, I think overall, you know, he's been able to keep control relatively of the damage and limit damage on the base paths. Um, In his appearances in July, he had a 329 earned run average, um, and then it went up in September and is now up to that 720. Um, But he struck out 14 batters and given up 16 earned runs over these Um, these um, appearances that he's had. So he has not been great. I think, you know, there's potential there for sure. I think it would be silly to not at least give him a chance to really show that he can have the potential to be a solid part of this bullpen moving forward. But what I will say is what I've seen from him so far has really not given me a whole lot of confidence. Um, He can be all over the place. Like I said, and When there's traffic on the bases, he sometimes doesn't know what pitch to throw. And so he definitely needs to work on his pitch selection a little bit. And I would say just really have that command of the mound. Sometimes he doesn't have a sense of that and things can spiral out of control really quickly. So he has not been awful, like I said, but if they want him to be a key piece of the bullpen next season and beyond, He needs to show that he can perform better in those pressure situations. So now might be the opportunity. Kenley on the COVID list, give him some more exposure. So we'll see what he can do. As always, Red Sox fans, keep the faith. Don't forget SiriusXM has you covered for all Red Sox home broadcasts. If you download the SiriusXM app, just search Red Sox, and you can catch the home broadcast of every game so you don't have to miss a single pitch. Keep the faith. Let's go, Red Sox, and I will catch you on the flip side.